Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. I'm your host, Heather e. Wilson, and on today's episode, I welcome Nikki Osterley, co-founder of Papa Iti Chin, located in Wanganui, New Zealand. Holy man, I can't believe I actually pronounced those correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and today we chat about her journey and experiences of starting a brand new craft gin distillery in New Zealand during the pandemic where they are in the process, their first gin product, some really awesome favorite gins and cocktails, and of course, a fun gin student story or two. Welcome, Nikki. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it was a miracle I pronounced all those words. <laughs> you did really great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay. So as with all episodes. Let's start by sharing what we're drinking today. And I know, Nikki, that it's fairly early in the morning where you are, but you can go first and tell us what are you drinking today? I did some research because it had to include some sort of caffeine. It is very early here. So Mm. this is an espresso martini with gin. It has like gin, a coffee liquor, and some actual espresso. And then you shake it and you get this lovely Mmm, It looks amazing and sounds amazing. And if that doesn't wake you up, I don't know. What, I don't know what would. I don't know what could. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So today, in honor of you getting up so early to chat with me, I'm having a cocktail that is called a Colson. Now, Larry and I invented it, or we think we invented it, as a lovely cocktail for brunch, or it could be breakfast, you know, you know, oh. whatever. But the name is a mashup of our last names. So Colbrand is his last name, and Wilson is mine. So therefore, Colson came for that. But it's gin, peach crown royal, or any peach whiskey. You could probably use peach snaps in a pinch too, but the peach whiskey makes a big difference. And just a smidge of orange juice, just kind of enough to color it and say you're having, you know, kind of orange juice in it for the health benefits. And then we garnish it with a slice of peach and a sprig of mint. And woo-wee, it is so tasty. The issue is sipping it slowly because you're most likely having it for breakfast or brunch. So you don't want to guzzle it. All right. So the issue is just taking your time with it, but it's epically yummy. That's always the issue with yummy. It is. <laughs> it is always the issue. Is is really just like holding yourself back and just slowly sipping. So is it in your cookbook? It is in my cookbook. It is in your cookbook. Nice. It is. Larry insisted on putting it in there <laughs> because he was so proud when he came up with it. We drink them fairly often. You know, we need that vitamin C hit, especially yes. in, oh, yeah, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> extra vitamin C. So, yeah. So it is in the cookbook. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Let's talk about you. And did you always love gin? Like, did you grow up with it in your family? Was it a thing? No, really not. 
I got into gym in my late 20s. And I hear that a lot from people. But I don't remember my parents drinking gin. It was just not a thing for them. So it became my staple, like late 20s, early 30s. And then the the gin and tonic is just became my go-to drink. It's refreshing and you can vary a lot with with a taste by picking different gins. I quite like that. It is reliable, but still adventurous. Ah, excellent (laughs) way to describe it. Oh my God. I've never heard it like that, but it's perfect. Yes. Okay. So we're going to learn about your journey to having your own gin brand. Like this is (laughs) epic, like right in the middle of a pandemic, like what, (laughs) what led Um, you to the decision for all this? There's got to be a story in there. I'm sure there's a story. To be fair, the pandemic felt a little different a year in New Zealand for us because we're basically locked down. Yes. March 2020 and then pretended nothing happened outside New Zealand. Well, that's so. similar to where I am because I'm on an <laughs> island too. We just locked the borders oh, down right, right. and that's yeah. it. So, yeah, I hear yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit of a convoluted story, so apologies if this is messy. That's all right, keep going. But <laughs> I always had this dream of starting my own business but no clue what to do and – I didn't really know if I had it in me because I was literally born with zero entrepreneurial environment. My parents, they would have never started their own business. And it wasn't something we did. Then fast forward a lot of decades and I was signed up for this conference that used to have a completely different topic. And over the pandemic, it got rescheduled multiple times and the topic changed. And in the end, it was like some sort of entrepreneurial bootcamp. And I figured, okay, I paid for it. I'll just attend. And then I did, and I learned so much about how to get in the right mindset to start your own business. I figured, oh, actually, this sounds like something I might as well be able to do. Then I started brainstorming with my partner. Hey, like, you know, as a retirement plan, Mm -hmm. if you want to retire early at some point, don't know, (laughs) we should probably start our own thing and find something that is like really us and leave a mark and be creative. We always had this thing when we were traveling somewhere, we would look at these old red brick buildings and think, oh, this looks like it could be good for a distillery. Like just like <laughs> this random thing. We never really planned it or had this idea of, yes, in 10 years time, we start our distillery. But it was like this, it felt like something awesome to do. And then when we sat down and think about, okay, what kind of business could we start? There was also this coincidence that we had just bought a pear orchard very much spontaneously because we fell in love with the house like mm-hmm. next to the orchard. And we still hadn't figured out what to do with the pears. And then the dots just connected. We figured, hey, let's see if we can make pear gin. And we could. And then we figured, okay, we'll start a distillery. Wow. And that's really what <laughs> kicked off. Okay. So when was the initial conference that you went to? Oh, that was in September. Of 2021? Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Wow. So this is like really fresh. Okay. And when did you buy yeah. the pear orchard? In June. We moved here in June. Okay. So you had the pear orchard first. Yeah, we did. And you went and to the conference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a lot of suggestions from friends and family. Oh, you should make like pear jam or pear cider. Perry, apparently it's called. Yes. But I mean, that was like for your own use i'm not gonna make a thousand jars of pear jam that would be a lot of jam pear jam, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you'd have uh, to do a lot of jam 
Yes. And it does not sound exciting at all. And Pejun just was like, yes. And it also felt like a natural thing because my partner is a huge Jin fan. Came, I think, way earlier to Jin than I did. I think his friends had always been joking, oh, he needs to open his own distillery. <laughs> so it felt like, yep, everything fell into place. We had the orchard, we had the idea, we had the project we really, really were excited about. And then we started investigating what does it take we bought a little copper still started experimenting we read through the legislation and figured out okay what does the red tape actually look like what do you need you need a building you need a still you need a bottling machine a label maker you need a alcohol fume detector and all of these kind of things yep. so you have a long list of things that we need and then we also very accidentally stumbled over a building that is just a kilometer down the river from us. Beautiful little old building, hasn't been used for anything, has been on the market forever, and the lease was affordable. <laughs> so we figured let's jump on that opportunity. So we rented that building and started renovating and started working our way through the paperwork. And yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, so with zero business experience, you decide to not only open a business, but it's a distillery, which has a lot of, you know, like legislation and laws and rules and all that around it. What did your friends and family think? Like, were they pushing back? Like, are you crazy doing this? Like, what were they talking like? No. Well, the thing is we don't have, it's not zero business experience. I have a business degree. Oh, Um, like from back in the days. Now it comes out. (laughs) not like running my own business like that's different but I understand what it takes and in my day job I work in digital marketing so Uh that's an advantage too my partner has been working in compliance for the financial industry for like 18 19 years that's an exciting job well (laughs) but it translates really well into going through all those compliance issues that you will encounter when you're starting a distillery so both of our skills translate really, really well into this new business. Okay. So our friends and family were like, yeah, absolutely. Can we try? Okay. <laughs> come and be the test drinkers. There was literally no one who said, are you sure? Isn't this a dumb idea? It was right. entirely positive. That's what helped us work our way through that paperwork jungle too. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. That must make you feel really good though. Like that, you know, okay, everyone's behind me and you have that support network. So important when you have a business, any business is to have that support network behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like once you make that decision, like, do you put an application in or like, what was the first thing that you kind of did to just like legitimize that you were (laughs) opening a distillery? We registered the business name. So the the distilling company trading as Papa Idijin. Mm -hmm. Then we talked to Wanganuian Partners, which is a local agency that helps small businesses get off the ground, which was amazing because they had all the contacts to the council and they knew exactly who we need to talk to. We worked our way through the consents that's still not finished. We started renovating. We started writing our business plan because we needed to hand that in for the bank to apply for a loan. Yeah. And then pretty much. Okay. But where's the skill? And where's the. (laughs) I think we're missing something here. Some pretty critical components. (laughs) Like where are you? 
still a 10 liter copper still that we have here in our home, which we experiment with. The actual still costs a lot of money and needs to be shipped over from China. And that is going to happen as soon as we have the location consent approved. That's the consent you need that you can actually use the building as a distillery. So basically you need to talk to the landlord and the immediate neighbors. And once that is done, the bank releases the money and then we can order the still and the still will take about eight to 12 weeks. I was going to say, um, three to four months, easy. The yeah. current political environment might cause some supply chain issues there too. So everything takes a lot longer than my impatient self would <laughs> like it to do. But I hear that's very, very normal. So we talk to a lot of other distillers and they say, yep. So you start and you have this idea and you think, oh, six months, but it all takes at least six months longer than you think. And that's what we're experiencing too. So we're very close to having all those consents sorted because there's still like an open consent on the house that the landlord needs to sort out and that we have no influence on. And then we order the still and we hope that we can launch our first batch Oh, I don't want to be too optimistic. Say August. Okay. August. Okay. Which is like a winter gin for us. Right. Which is still <laughs> epic. It's still really good. Okay. So you don't have a big still, but you have a little mm. still for yes. practicing and getting, you know, everything ready. In a mm. 10 liter still, could you still make like a limited edition or something? Like small batch? Maybe that would be a very small batch. <laughs> but like, you know, like gin actually. Yeah. That long to make, like you could make, I don't know, a couple dozen bottles or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. We potentially, I leave that to my partner who's the head okay. of distillation and innovation. You just want to try our gin. I do. I really do. <laughs> And well, let's talk about that. You know, like what are the flavors that you are experimenting with for your first signature gin? (laughs) We're trying to stay as close to home as we can. So we're experimenting with what grows around on our orchard or around our house. And our signature gin will be a kawakawa pear. Kawakawa has like a peppery taste with a bit of a leafy, like fresh herby note. It's, Mm. It's beautiful. So yum. But we're also experimenting with a mountain to sea gin. You won't know that, but we have a mountain to sea cycleway that goes past our house in Wanganui is at the river and at the ocean. So we're experimenting with botanicals that grow up on the mountain and as well on the sea. So that we have the taste that develops in your mouth is that journey. So we start as a horopito, which is very peppery, very savory, and then ending in a kelp note which has a little bit of a sweet, salty note. It's really nice. We're experimenting with a stinging nettle, which is, yeah. is really freaky, but it actually is quite yum. And figs, lemon, lime, everything that grows here is we basically, for our recipe development, we try to stay close to home, as close to home as we can. It's quite exciting because there's a lot of creativity that goes into it and also a lot of learning how botanicals react depending on how you distill them or whether they're dried or not and just getting familiar with those botanicals has been quite an interesting journey I knew nothing Mm. but now it's like you have this whole bouquet of potential aromas that you can mix together and it's all up to you it's like 
I can actually decide this is yum. So we're just going to do that and test it with like a little focus group, but quite cool. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I don't have a distillery yet, but that is one of the things I just love about gin is it's just so fascinating and fun to play with. And all this stuff grows in nature. You know, different parts of the world have a very different gin, which it's just mind-blowingly fascinating to me yeah and it's such a cool development to see over the last I don't know 10-15 years that all those craft distilleries worldwide popping up and they have their own really unique characteristics it's amazing to see and it's such a versatile spirit it's like you can't say I like gin because what do you mean it's a category yeah it's such a broad category as long as they're like the juniper is dominant you can do anything it's mind-boggling that's awesome Absolutely. So let's just go back a second and talk about where the name for your gin came from in your business. Because, I mean, you obviously have very unique and interesting names and things of where you are, but (laughs) that isn't the town you live in. So it's not named after the town. It's not named after you guys. So what's it named after? It's actually named after the suburb. So we live in Papaiti, which is a suburb just out of Wanganui. So we're like two kilometers outside of Wanganui and the suburb is called Papaiti. It's a Maori name and it means a small patch of flat, fertile land. If I hope I got that right. Wow. So it's really just the suburb. Oh, and I was here. I was thinking there's going to be a really epic story behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, people will recognize it and you're obviously going to be selling to locals first. So it makes complete sense. In the end. Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest consent to get. So <laughs> we'll try that first. Now, I know we ultimately are here to talk about your gin, but I don't really know anything. And I'm pretty sure most of our listeners at the moment don't know very much about New Zealand gins. Do you have like a favorite New Zealand gin? And aside from your own, obviously, but yeah. There are loads of really, really good New Zealand craft gins. It has really taken off in the last five, six, seven years. So there are about 80 craft distilleries around. Actually, took the liberty to um, to pick some bottles to show you, which the um, listeners obviously can't take advantage of. But there's some really cool gins using a lot of local botanicals and all in different variations. So this one is an, a beautiful one. It's Roots Marlboro Dry Gin. Okay. It's super yummy. It, it uses Gisborne grapefruit. Cover fruit, fresh gores, and motueka hops. Yum. Wow, which is um, ingredient most people in yeah. North America and UK have never experienced. This is a barrel aged gin, Ooh. Good George Big Packer barrel aged gin. It's best with a little bit of um, soda water, also with galaxy hops aged in a red wine barrel. Ooh. And if you ask me personally, I think at the moment my favorite apart from our own, is Dancing Sense Sauvignon Blanc. It's actually available in the U.S., I think. Super delicious. All it's right. Really good. Mm, mm. That looks really good. Okay, so <laughs> I know what time it is. It's time for a Gincident story, and you've had a whole week to think of one. <laughs> so what's your best fun Gincident story that you're willing to share? 
Well, yeah, I listen to a lot of your old episodes and those people have so many amazing incidents. I know, right? I You're felt so... like I had nothing. Oh, I don't believe it. Sure, I... there were incidents, but I mean, you don't talk about them publicly. So one <laughs> was the very, very first, the very beginning, the very first still run. We were prepared. So we had this beautiful copper still, had organized everything, the botanicals, and nice little pots, and we weighed and set up. Our son with his manner, we had the time, it was all great. We're switching on the electric plate underneath the still, only to realize it's an induction plate. Doesn't work with copper. Doesn't work with copper. No, it would not. So we had to rush and get a proper heating plate that worked, which was a little embarrassing. And then we went through the whole still run and looked perfect, looked beautiful. It was exciting. It was really great. It started dripping. We were sorting out the heads and the tails and like testing with our fingers and everything was great. And then we had this little pot of what we figured, oh, this is our very first gin. This is amazing. And it slipped through my fingers, broke. <gasps> <laughs> That's a true incident. It is a gin tragedy. It is. It's a gin tragedy. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Very first gin ever. But yeah. we just you just made more, and you know what? Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the perfect one, and it was just <laughs> maybe it was just meant to be that it slipped through your fingers and crashed to the floor. You know, and then it was the next one that was actually the most perfect one. So. Yeah, it's before you felt like okay, this is we just yeah yeah. It wasn't meant to be. The whole day was had like all of all kinds of you know those weird mishaps, and that was what that day was like. And the next round was perfect, but yeah, it felt like. Oh, Did you feel like getting down on the floor and like <laughs> taking your finger and running through just to see? Oh, too much glass. Too much glass. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. Uh, oh, <laughs> we used the exact same recipe the next time, so it was fine. But yeah, that was a little bit frustrating. Definitely a gincident. That is pretty much the definition of a gincident, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to the story that Larry and I had when he dropped my entire bottle of gin that I had just made. Don't know if you listened to that episode. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, no. That was horrifying. Oh, no. Have you forgiven him? I mean, yeah, it's well, of course. He buys me gin all the time. So, ah, yeah. okay, okay, then. but okay. we have to go back this summer and do it again because I need to make a new bottle, right? More, yeah, of course, in a different kind. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, I'm thinking, you know, we're definitely going to have to follow up again, maybe in the fall, see where you're at and how long it's taken to get the still, even like maybe, hopefully, not that you're still waiting, but don't, don't maybe, say it. Maybe though you come up with another creative solution and someone on New Zealand is just randomly just falls in your lap that somebody else is selling a still and you're just like, hey, we're just going to jump on that one. And you just, who knows? You just don't know, right? Opportunities would be, fall be all awesome. the time. You could have a yeah. still in April and not even know because it comes from somewhere else in the country. I like that enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I'm going to put that out there for you. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> oh, this has been too fun. We could like probably talk forever. <laughs> but, Possibly, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, there you have it. Everything, well, maybe not quite everything yet, but soon you've ever wanted to know about Nikki and the new Papaiti gin. 
and what it takes to start a distillery from scratch, some, you know, maybe a fun New Zealand gin, a little bit about the industry, a really interesting gin sedent, and, you know, so much more. Thank you so much, Nikki, for being here today. And I really can't wait to have you back in a few months and see how you are progressing with your distillery. No, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to Papa E.T. Gin and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs and cookbook. Until next time, remember, to gin or not to gin is a very silly question. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review. Or drop us a note at heather at the ginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin.